slightly delayed, you are now listening to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Usually we come out on Tuesday. Uh, this week, just coming out on Friday. Had some stuff going on. Um, this week's podcast, I, if, if you've heard us talk at all, and, and actually we've covered this artist before, uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out the artist we're talking about this week. Uh, that artist is Ty Siegel, Garage Rock uh, Indie Superstar. Uh, if you believe NPR recently, uh, the Mozart of the garage rock world, uh, to paraphrase loosely, uh, all that stuff is sort of gross. Uh, th- this is a uh, it's a pretty long conversation. Um, the reason w- we're doing it, like you said, is because uh, I keep trying to get to the bottom of this. So there's a lot of stuff I hear that I like in his music. There's a lot of stuff that I hear that I don't like in his music as well because um, that's music but the hype around this guy is just deafening um, so anytime that happens I figure there must be something to it there might be something I'm missing maybe there's not so that's why I invited uh, Quinn over I invited Adam sat down and worked through his new album Manipulator uh, Ty's album not Quinn's um so that is this conversation. Uh, you'll hear us talk a little bit about going to the show. Uh, we are not, well, I think Quinn's going to the show. I don't think we're going to be covering the show because, as it turns out, uh, so hyped is Mr. Siegel or Seagal that uh, no passes left. No photo passes, no media passes, nothing. Leaving us with a sad. Was going to use that a little bit to uh, sort of hopefully, a lot of times the live show will. Lock you in. You know, you don't get an artist, and you, then you see him live, and it's just like, yes, suddenly I connect. Uh, and uh, I was sort of hoping that was going to happen with this uh, young artist, and uh, it's not, at least not this time. So, at any rate, uh, here we go. This is episode number 79 of Junkie Glasses, the podcast. Uh, and this is our review of Ty Siegel's latest epic. Manipulator. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there, he is a wonderful power. I'm not going to go on record saying that. Not going to go on record. Yeah. So we're, uh, I guess we'll go out episode 79 of the podcast. Uh, welcome back, Adam. Damn, man. Uh, Quinn, hasn't seen you in a while. It's been a few months. It has been a few months. You've been busy. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. I have a present before you leave here, actually. Oh, really? I don't know if you'll like it or not. All right. It's not um, the, that vinyl, the Brother Man? No, it is uh, not the Brother Man, but it is a vinyl. I do oh, want to okay. listen. I want to listen so to Brother we're, Man. We're going to listen to Brother Man. Um, 
And you're going to listen to uh, one other thing that uh, you know the name of it, but he does not. We're going to see what that's, this is all about. But uh, So you are – you said this when you first came in the podcast. Now you are now the acting music director for WRGW, yeah, at GW. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? So a lot. Um, we, were, we were planning a concert on Sunday due to powers out of my control, mainly bureaucratic and uh, – up in GW's higher whatever mm-hmm. they uh, ca- the, cl- the concert is cancelled um, which is a bummer because uh, some local blogs are starting to hype it a little bit I had some I got a few emails a few emails from people asking about it so I thought it could have been really cool GW was just like just reschedule just reschedule guys for a touring band who's well, going to be on tour like for the next, like for the next four like months like they're a bunch of dudes in Gaithersburg or something yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so it's a bummer but um, we're doing some more shows um, my radio show is back on yeah. Saturdays from 12 to 2 okay. if anyone ever wants to come down we're going to be getting some probably local bands to come in and play is Hall & Oates the only thing you play uh, we only do Hall & Oates and Hall & Oates covers then everybody um, should yeah. listen to that. Mm-hmm. I think exactly, I think and we might get Hall and Oates to come play on the air. We'll see. Uh, yeah, and I need, well, to be, I need to be. Speaking there. Speaking of which, that, though, that, Hall and Oates is actually playing at UW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're playing for uh, like Parents Weekend or Alumni Weekend or something. Um, so I'm gonna like see Kevin like maybe I don't know get kicked out of a frat party afterwards or something. Hey man, I made it through uh, Sturgill Simpson without him. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and you, you, like absolutely. Uh, so I think I can. I, well, I think. I, I'm good with Oats. Don't sleep on the GW Alumni Association. Like the GW, because when I was working at, I worked in the communications office for GW Law School for like about a year and a half. And uh, fucking Earth, Wind, and Fire came and (laughs) played. And and they, it was awesome. Where there's money, there's power. Yeah, it was awesome. But like, and, and you know, those guys, they classed it up. They didn't wear their goofy ass suits and stuff like that, but they still played it amazingly, you know? So, uh, you know, GW generally gets some pretty good bands in there, but. I'm sorry to hear about your show. What was the name of the band, man? Uh, Literature. Can, yeah. They're like an indie pop band. And this they're will be good. out on Thursday, so if anybody's listening to it and knows that, or wants to offer up their place uh, from the play, you talk Just about Just for like, it, a, like yeah, yeah. a small uh, house we'll, show, we'll maybe. We'll actually tweet out about it and be like, hey, you know, if, if you want to house this band uh, somewhere in the area. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'll post some updates about if we end up doing Could this band Is this band capable of doing a living room show without pissing yeah. off the neighbors? No, I don't think... Not? Yeah, they're not like... They're not. They're definitely not a punk band. They're not too loud. And uh, they're also... But they still have a decent draw. Like, they could probably play DC9 for sure. Hmm. Or, like, you know, a, a, one of the smaller clubs around here. But I think But I think they have played house shows for a while, too. So I don't think... I don't think they would be, like, above it, you know? Right. So... Okay. Yeah, maybe. So we were going to... We've uh, been talking about a few weeks doing this uh, single thing. Mm-hmm. We still haven't hammered it out. But right. this one, and I told Qu- uh, Quinn about this, uh, they keep emailing me. And this gets into, like, how do you reach what we were talking about? Mm-hmm. How, how do you reach, like, you want people to talk about you? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, have a ridiculous name. <laughs> That's going to... I'm not going to tell you what, what this is. Actually, I will tell you. So this band, I think they're at San Diego, maybe San Francisco. Uh Name of the song is Everything As It Should Be. Mm-hmm. Name of the band, Sex Helicopter. All right, then. Here we go. Taking a chance too much. Foiled by the slightest touch. Heavy as a slug of punch And a flick of the wrist and a drink too much Head in the pounding scream Especially in those summer dreams When nothing is as it should be 
right, so the, the, the sensuous blades of rock and roll <laughs> sex helicopter uh, spinning. You're shaking your head. Quinn, what, what did that do for you? I mean, that... That didn't sound like a band called Sex Helicopter. No. It didn't, although I accidentally, <laughs> I was just looking up the press email, and I it's, uh, accidentally read her name as Katie Weiner. So I tell you, <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's a Freudian, some kind yeah, of, yeah. 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 Um, they, I just, that was like very boring to me. I don't know. Yeah, they were, they were, uh, someone needs to just brief those guys on what happens when you just put a standard two and four in the mix. I think they're they're at the they're it sounds like they're kind of at the point in their musical development where just playing straight two and four bores the shit out of them. So they're 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 kind of throwing all manner of other things in there. Do you think having a name like Sex Helicopter they're going to further their musical development? No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean just who knows, as as musicians. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. I understand uh, the whole like kind of outrageous name maybe might lead to success, you know, Diarrhea Planet. Fucked That's up. not even an outrageous but name. It's not even that. Yeah, it's not even really out I, there. God damn, I remember hearing about a band called HIV and the Positives. That's a fucking outrageous name. Yeah, or <laughs> Dead Palestinians. There's yeah, a lot yeah, something yeah. like that, you know. Um, we'll, we'll put the link in there so you can decide what you want, want to about uh, Six Helicopter. Yeah. Uh, it just, it kept coming up, so I figured we'd talk about it eventually. I'm not going to do a tracking on it because, I mean, there's, it's... Sex helicopters. These guys, they're, they're like, what, probably like 19 or something? Oh, I don't mean to shit on the young people because young people are capable of doing amazing things. But I, I don't know. That might be the theme of the night. Though. They're not really doing anything It might amazing. be the theme of the night. <laughs> and that's why I went ahead and played it. So they're from the West Coast. Um, so what we're really uh, here to talk about is uh, young Ty Siegel. He's 27. He's not that young anymore. Um, put out his seventh album last week. Uh, he goes by the name Manipulator. It's 7,000 proper, I think. Uh, and NPR's Aaron Ruth Arath in an um, interview called him the Mozart of Garage Rock. <laughs> so let's hear a track from this. Uh, I think we're going to start with It's Over, and then we'll go from there. Okay, cool.
All right. So that's the track. Uh, it's over off of uh, Manipulator. Set up front a little more about young Mr. Siegel. Uh, this album actually took 14 months to make, which is really? it's something we're going to get into. Uh, he is known for uh, being uh, just a connoisseur of garage rock, a purveyor of it. it you know, one of the leaders of the movement, I guess, uh, the modern movement. Member of band Fuzz, works with the like, likes of Michael Cronin, mm. uh, which I will say right out the gate, at least in my opinion, uh, schooled him on MC2 last year. That album's fantastic. That album uh, is fantastic. I will agree that album is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that album's fantastic. Yeah. So um, you come back to this, that, and that we reviewed Sleeper uh, when Thor was in town. Thor Slaughter um, <laughs> was in town. We reviewed that um, and basically found it to be exactly what the name said it was <laughs> like not in a good way uh and yet i'm finding myself coming back around to ty siegel because i'm just blitzed with the pr press but also it's something i'm really trying to figure out so i've heard thor's take on it i want to hear quinn's take on it a little bit okay all right so i think i think the whole npr like hyperbolic press talk is mm-hmm. a, a lot and like i'm i'm happy he's getting his his i'm happy he's getting the press because he's been he's you know he's been putting albums out for eight years and he's been sure. you know hard working all that but i think calling him the mozart of garage rock is ridiculous well, and because you th- know what mozart he actually wrote good stuff <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say like i think i think i like this album a lot it's um i like this album a lot i think it's too long i think it's about it's like i don't know it's almost an 50 minutes yeah it was a really long Uh, by the end of it i was a little like i was ready almost ready to turn off but i do i really like the front the front half especially Mm -hmm. um i think that as as a like this is the first ty siegel album where i liked the whole album Mm -hmm. in the past i've been attracted to three or four songs of each release but i've never really been like this is an album this this is this feels like an album to me and back to my point though about the mozart garage rock i don't think ty siegel is Michael Cronin, it is, it, 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 who is in his band, his touring band a lot of the yeah, time, actually. Yeah. And on um, the records. Yeah, is a better songwriter, mm-hmm. for sure. He refers to him, he actually was on the uh, WTF podcast, referred to him as a secret weapon. Yeah, he's a better, so- yeah, he's a better songwriter, for sure. But I think I'm, I'm more attracted, and I think what his Ty Seagulls fans are attracted to is the kind of the raw, especially when you see him live, if you've ever seen live video, like the raw, mm-hmm. kind of like fuzzed out, gra- like the garage, like the solos and like the... The kind of like screeches and like that whole and the sound. And I think that is why Ty Siegel is so popular is because he is he doesn't write brilliant songs. He doesn't write like even that like the most catchy hooks. Right. But he is he's can jam really hard. <clears throat> but so here's where here's where this starts to fall apart for me. If he doesn't write uh, brilliant songs and he doesn't write necessary catchy hooks. What else does he have? I mean, I think it does, and this is gross, but it does have to be said that, I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, that's really cynical, but he's not. I had never even thought about that. And there's, if you you look back to, like, when when we were growing up, you had the, uh, you know, Cassidy, David Cassidy type of thing. I don't remember David Cassidy. I remember, like, I remember my. I'm just old. No, dude, I I remember my my babysitter had a, had a, you know, my yeah. babysitter had a Sean Cassidy thing. Oh, okay, happening. Sean Cassidy. Yeah. Okay, um, but I understand what you're saying. Like yeah. maybe you're thinking maybe like the overall package is uh, his his the way he can be prevented uh, presented to the public is outweighing like his limitations as a musician. Yeah, like pretty face, 
kind of. Yeah, well, yeah. I think he has you that crush on him, like, dude. You got sure, a crush on that, him. He you're, has very, that, you're very much in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that flower child, California, like exactly. guy with a guitar, long blonde hair. That I mean, yeah, that vibe is definitely. I think people are attracted. I mean, like you know, people are attracted to that vibe for sure. Yeah, I think he like who's that? Okay, who's that white that uh, blues player who was like 16? Um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Right, maybe he's got a Kenny Wayne Shepherd thing happening. But he's yeah. doing garage, which is way cooler than blues. Right. So he might uh, like uh, his his he might get pushed a little further into the mainstream than Kenny Wayne did. But hey, Kenny Wayne did a Gap ad, and you can't sneeze on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, is, is this what Ty Siegel's headed for? I mean, if you think he's going to do a Gap ad, I think um, when when you say eight albums, like the, what I was struggling with today, if you if you listen to like Slaughterhouse, if you listen to this, definitely listen to Sleeper. To my ear, and this is because, uh, like, I do listen to the lyrics. I, I don't a lot of times, but, like, it, there's got to be something there. They all sound, like, about the same song. He's got, like, two gears, and he stays in them. And when he stays in it for too long, you're like, you guys said this album's too long. And I, I'd say, yeah, but it's because there wasn't an editor to say, you've got maybe three or four songs here. Right. That are good. But I could honestly, like, extrapolate that to his, like, career from what I've listened to but like what did you think of the album Adam? Um, I found myself listening to it and I, I, I kind of spotted his influences mm-hmm. pretty quickly and you know I found myself thinking about like Rokey Erickson you know for or like the 13th yeah, floor elevators or, for sure. or um, you know like the first Frank Zappa album mm-hmm. um, Freak Out or, uh, or and then later on you know you think you find yourself thinking of like Mud Honey yeah. And things like that. And um, that's not really my neighborhood, you know. That's not really stuff that I like. Um, and I just couldn't get into this album at all. I mean, because he he wasn't exactly doing anything new. He wasn't doing anything that hasn't been done a million times before. Right. And with all of the – it seems like he, he went deliberately lo-fi, which is completely garage. That's fine, but – 14 months is not lo-fi. All I'm saying – that's what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> – well, it blows my mind that it took the guy 14 months to make that record. Yeah. When you listen you – know? on, on the lo-fi note, when you listen to his earlier records, mm-hmm. especially like um, Melted, I don't know if you ever listen to that record. Yeah. That's like a four-track album. He recorded that like on four-track, and you could, it's like one of the most – it's like lo-fi albums. So, like in comparison, I'm not saying this album is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. produced no, at the highest quality, but like in comparison to his earlier output, this album is like steps forward. Well, and it's something we could really start like not going to. We could stop talking about Ty Siegel and start talking about that aesthetic. Like, but I think that is part of like what draws people in is this aesthetic because it implies uh, independence. It implies uh, originality. Right. It implies. Uh, you're just rock and roll man, a pure rock and roll. Right. Instead of, in general, I think what it is, if, if you've ever done a recording like that, it's just that, like, I don't have the resources to do a good recording. Yeah. And he's yeah. done, he has, for, he has like, the for resources what he, to do whatever for he what wants. He's doing, I think he does well. I mean, he said the Michael Cronin CD was a uh, garage band. I know from doing, really? from the way we record these podcasts, I mean, the way you do the yeah. radio station, that's possible now. Yeah, no, for and, sure. And but I don't call that lo-fi. No, you you can get pretty high-fi on yeah. a, even a setup like this. If we were to plug in these guitars, we could probably sound better. Than, we could probably in, in quotations better than Ty Siegel's two first weeks from now. Come over, we're going to be doing that. All right, I'm actually well. I'm buying. Uh, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. But um, in terms of the whole like 
garage rock mm-hmm. revival, if we even want to like. Is there one going? I don't on? even know if there's one going on. If, um, but I don't know if it, I don't know if it like gets past Ty Siegel and Michael Cronin, uh, or maybe like John Dwyer of the of the OCs, if you know any of that stuff. Yeah, um, he cites he cites them as a huge influence. I think they're just a huge influence for everybody. I think th- well, I think they're a huge influence for everyone in that genre because they're like one of the bigger bands in that genre who yeah. still makes music today. And, they, and Not, they've been around. Yeah, and they've been around for fifteen years or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take offense that you put Michael Cronin in, in Garage Rock, but we should hear another song. Okay. Uh, which one do you want to hear? Uh, let's see the singer, okay. if you got it queued up. Yeah, well, I mean, no, I mean, he is like you're saying he is treading like very. This is that, that was T, that was T Rex been well worn. That was T Rex. That was that was an album. Yet. That was a song that, that might as well have been the, a song that was Queen, left off. When you said you really Electric were drawn Warrior. to that song, I I will tell you first. My irony with that is that it's called the singer, and that is one problem I have with him consistently. This is motherfucker cannot. Sing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He hides behind be like bro. He, he hides behind distortion and the, and the flows yeah. and everything. But I, in the point of like. That's not his. Wow. Yeah, it's not. Like, you know, people have been doing this for 30 years. Sure. But at least for me, when I hear it's it's refreshing that 
it's it's refreshing that people are somewhat drawn to this music right now because I don't find many of I mean, we're, we're going to get into this whole generational thing maybe but yeah. like I don't find many of my peers like the, <laughs> the millennial <laughs> uh, yeah I don't think I don't I don't find like many of much of the music being made right now to it, it's sad I don't know how to quite describe it, but it like satisfies something in me that is it's that nostalgic kind of feel you're a guitar that, guy yeah right yeah. and there is uh, undeniably two things going on right now or having gone on in the past year I think it's diffusing a little now but there's dance mm-hmm. and this I don't think there's any real in between yeah but I don't even know if this yeah there's it's either you're sounding like fuzzy as shit and like just raw and or trying to and or you're sounding like dance or in the middle is people are trying to do both and that doesn't work no, no. but everyone's trying to sound loud though yeah, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, um, and Ty, and Ty on this album actually turns it down a little bit. If you can, like listen to, especially if you listen to that Fuzz record, yeah, yeah. The Fuzz record is loud as shit. Yeah, even like and uh, Wave Goodbye, like Wave Goodbye that track and all those tracks off of mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse, those songs are really loud. And this is a more and the Fuzz record, like I actually could uh, th- because if, I don't have the names of who else was involved, but like he was just playing drums on that, mm-hmm. so he, I'm sure, is like you know fist deep in the fucking production, but. Yeah, it was it was two other people who were really creatively right. had the reins yeah. and stuff, and it and it worked a little better. Still didn't like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the aesthetic is uh, like the names you were talking about, T Rex and all this stuff, and and maybe it's just being old. I I don't know, but I'm always gonna reach for those when I hear people trying to redo that. Like, I'm, it can't always be new, but if it's gonna be like this, like it has, it has to really fucking grab you, right? And I, I'm not, I'm keep, not really grabbed here. That's the thing. I, I don't mind this guy. I'm not, you know, it's it's fine what yeah. he's doing, but I can't. I don't know. I just, I just, I, in the first place, I think when people are saying it took him 14, it took him 14 months to make this album. It probably was because it took 14 months to. He was between tours or he had to get studio time because I cannot imagine that this guy spent 14 months actually Can in a goddamn out. studio yeah, making th- that because there's no conceivable way. I think people like, cite that number because in like into like 2011 or like in the past, he's put out three albums in a year, mm-hmm. you know, and like and right. so for him to wait a year. Yeah. Instead of Pearl of the that's actually the weird press cycle like uh, Ryan Adams, which we'll be discussing in the next podcast. Yeah, he'll put out like six albums. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's but he thing, hasn't though. in a while. Yeah. He hasn't put one out for three, and then all the little plugs are like, hasn't missed a step. And it's just, what, what the, f- it, it, it's been only three years. Right. It's not been a decade for this There are guy. bands who put out, like, an album every three years, and yeah. that's their consistent, consistent turnout. That's, that's their what they turnout. do. They, they put out the album, tour, take a break, put out an album. Well, right. something that we, on this note, when we were talking about, when we interviewed Avers mm-hmm. um, at Rock yeah, and Roll, yeah. We were talking about how they were talking about how they just released their like you know they just released their most recent album. But they were saying they were saying we basically have another album ready to go. Exactly. Um, and we were like, why not release it? Like, yeah. why wait through the press cycle? And that's and that's how I think Ty Siegel has built. He's playing on Thirty Club. Like, that's how I think he's built this fan base. Yeah, I don't. I think by by putting out, I don't like he should be playing Black Hat. That's a different story. I, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, he's built this fan base by putting out, you know, two to three albums a year for four years. If you put that much out, if you put that much content yeah. out, you're a fan. If if you're a fan, you're gonna like, you're gonna keep listening to that, and you're gonna turn people onto it. So, the, but do you think then the the critical discussion of, of the music breaks down though? Because that, that's what I feel like. Because I feel like if you do that, and and that is good, that is very good. 
But if you do that, then all of a sudden your music becomes bulletproof and you can sort of shit out what you want and it doesn't matter. You're always going to have those fans and you, I think as a band you should have those fans. But like, actually let's play uh, Mr. It's good that you brought up Avers. Uh, but this song actually a little, I think it reminded me of him. Uh, it's this Mr. Maine. Because I actually, I actually really did like this song up to a point. Okay. <laughs> for me because it, it is out of this formula of just like blast your fucking face with yeah. this fuzz and do the same chord changes all over and over and if I had to put money on it that's Michael Cronin on the bass and he was like hey man why, why don't we try this for a little bit and right. that was one of the weird tracks that filtered through that um, is one of the most unique tracks in the album absolutely for sure and and it was it's a break I forget where it comes in the album but it's it's a break from this constant assault of like singular sound that, that you just have to be in that mood but it also reminded me of Avers it's got that weird like sort of mod sound mm-hmm. to it that Avers fucking nails yeah like I don't know how they do it but it's just like I was listening to Empty Light the other day and it was just like fuck like those guys are doing garage shit but they're doing it in a very sophisticated way uh, and that Maybe fairly sophisticated. That one doesn't even feel like garage, really. That, no, that one no, feels it feels a little... like a, like a like like 1966s. Like that's more like yet. more like it's more it's I don't know 13 floor elevators. I don't even think that. I think I think like the mod re- reference I thought was spot on. Yeah, if he drifted more into that neighborhood than just doing kind of plain boring old, uh, you know, garage kind of stuff, then then I'd be. But then again, you know, I completely understand why he's he's getting traction nowadays, particularly along. And I hate to be the, you know, old fucking geezer here, but uh, you know, particularly on my people your age, I understand why they're getting him and why they're liking him. I mean, you guys are probably sick to death of having everything be polished, you know, and and everything is is pro tooled and mm-hmm. little bits of ones and zeros, you know. So something that sounds like a little bit realistic, 
you know, is probably incredibly refreshing. So I get why people like him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, have you Have you listened to many of his other albums? Yeah, like, I, I just. You know what I did? I sat. <laughs> Probably the same I, thing I did. Yeah, I sat down and had like I had like uh, like I I drank over the course of like three hours. I like YouTubed all the, all the like stuff. like three Ty Siegel albums, and I just sort of like uh, drank a drank a few scotches while I was listening <laughs> yeah. to it. There's just something, you know? and and I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, I got it after five minutes. You know, not I got it after thirty seconds, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and good for him. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just, I'm just not. Those are influences that I wouldn't gravitate to. You know, uh, those are influences that I can't imagine people are going to gravitate to. And and I mean, like if you were gonna, if if someone called you up and said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm starting a band. Here are my influences: mm-hmm. the first Zap album." Uh, um, T-Rex, maybe maybe T-Rex before Electric Warrior, yeah, yeah. right? Maybe uh, maybe the Thirteenth Floor Elevators, maybe kind of like oh, that kind of stuff. You know, would you be like, oh great, I'm definitely, I'll, I'll see you at the practice. I, I, I would because I fucking I, would. I, 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 hate, I hate fucking Zappa. So that, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but yeah, but like say Quinn would, and then he would be right up there. And, but yeah, but I wouldn't. Well, that's, that's if you thing, say you know. T-Rex. That that hooks me in big pre pre Electric Warrior yeah, T Rex okay. they, uh, they were they were they were god awful and you know what here's the, here's another thing here's here's another theory I have about this guy Ty Siegel like I bet if he's one of those guys who who likes Sid Barrett Pink Floyd more than <laughs> other Pink Floyd and I can't I can't I can I just can't relate to those fucking guys yeah I, I, I everyone can't knows relate those guys. to yeah. those fucking guys anybody's like yeah you know the the David Gilmore stuff was cool but I'm more into I'm I'm really into Sid Barrett I just I'm like I can't fucking right. relate to you and he's Ty Siegel is one of those Sid Barrett guys we're just not occup- occupying the same plane you know the, yeah I mean on the YouTube note and on the kind of like the note on his coolness and like the California long hair vibe i think there's a few videos on youtube of him playing some shows at south by southwest or you know some ever some small gigs where it's just like it's like he just like starts playing guitar and you just i don't know at least i was just became like mesmerized by it just like it was just so different than his luscious golden love you were yeah. so in love <laughs> i was just like this is fucking cool i was like this is fucking cool and like i, I want to get yeah i, I want I, to I'm, marry i'm not him. doubting the coolness you know like I, I understand i and like that like i understand that that should not influence my opinion of his music, but subconsciously, no, it, it how can I not let it, it, you know? It can't, it can't help it. Like, there's no way you can not have yeah. that influence. Yeah. Uh, unless you're like cold and heartless like me, and then you're, that's <laughs> yeah, if you're a cold, but, cynical bastard. But actually, like me. this is this is why we're we're gonna go cover the show because I still I I, I personally don't have an answer. Like, I haven't watched the YouTube videos. Like, I don't know what YouTube is. Like, it's fucking. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe I should. But you. Like maybe it is something you see him in, like you're standing in front of him, and like you know the Jesus light goes off or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I I need to experience that to be like okay now I get it or now I really just don't get it. Um, there's a lot of bands like that, mm-hmm. a lot of bands. The problem with a lot of bands that might be if if that is the case with him though. I don't understand how after eight records it hasn't bled through to the records. I mean, you were saying you don't listen to them all the way through. Yeah, until the, so, and yeah, even yeah. So as a, as a singles artist, that it's that's fine. But if, if he's going to claim seven eight records, that people pick 
one or two songs. That that's the that's the very definition of a pop star. Mm-hmm. That ain't garage rock. No, it's not. No. If you're if you're saying like if you're burying a couple singles in the midst of uh, you know an old album, yeah. But I mean like like going back to like the Rocky Erickson example. Uh-huh. Rocky Erickson is like the god of garage rock. Yeah. How many like I like I can't I can only think of like the Rocky Erickson Thirteenth Floor Elevator singles. Mm-hmm. I can't think of like an album that they sat down like I can't think of an like a, an album by them and as a, as yeah, great. Yeah. I think of like three or four songs. Well, that now that 13th floor elevator album may be enough. I mean, yeah. that you know, and that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't exactly have a long and storied career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, they didn't was, have put out the albums. Was the yeah. One third eye or something that um, he did, yeah. Yeah, I, that I, gets I know. out there and then it gets more into the Sid Barrett. Stuff. Right, so that's like, the Sid Barrett. I really stuff, yeah. like that Rocky Erickson shit better. Uh but yeah, but that I mean that's my point is that like you, even you Start talking with people or talking about people like this, and the press does, and dropping the Mozart line and stuff like that. It's hyperbolic as shit, but it causes people to look at it. And if you look at it, I mean, this guy hasn't had a masterpiece, despite uh, Robin from Also Long saying this is the best rock and roll record of the year. It's like, mm-hmm. this isn't even a, like, it, to my opinion, a good rock and roll record. <laughs> like, it's not a record. It's not, um, actually, we were talking about the uh, Roadkill Ghost Choir thing. Right. How that was, um, I, I don't think that's, that's, that's like the top, top, but it, it actually feels like a record. Mm-hmm. And this just feels like he, like, recorded a bunch of shit and, like, I have enough now to put out. Right. It's um, like he was filling a quota. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, because I don't get a statement from it. That's, I mean, that, maybe that's what it is. If you're going, and I mean, he's talking about it in these terms. If you're going to do this, like, what are you trying to say? And if you say, like, in, like talking to Martin Marin and being like, "Yeah, I'm not really good at writing lyrics," and I, and people are starting to point that out, it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm? You know what I'm thinking? Uh, maybe I'd like to go see this guy live. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm willing to bet that, like, maybe what he's doing live doesn't necessarily translate to the records. You know, there are some there are some garagey people who can both uh, make awesome sounding records and pull it off live. Like, I mean, let's think about the White Stripes, right? Yeah. The White Stripes were straight up. It was just a guitar player and a drummer, and the guitar was this piece of shit. Silver tone with like, uh, you know, was it a silver tone? What kind of? Uh, it's like a Sears yeah, yeah. Sears guitar yeah. with like intentionally but, cheap. Yeah, intentionally cheap, and it just sounded fucking amazing, you know. And he was able to do that. He that was able to translate live on record and in concert and on record, you know. And and like right now, he's not able to do that. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. think. You know, well, it, not not many people. I mean, Jack White. That yeah, like fuck his solo records, but but the, 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 the white stripes. The white stripes. God, I, I was just listening to. Have you guys ever heard uh, "Under Northern Lights"? Under yeah. uh, that's a fucking amazing record, yeah. man. And it, I, I like some of the Dead Weather stuff too. But yeah, yeah. Dead Weather stuff. Yeah, we yeah, get, yeah, we're yeah. getting we're getting probably no, too off topic. But no, it's but, the but, same neighbor. But I think yeah. honestly, it's the same neighborhood. I mean, you know, like if we're talking about garage in the modern era, Jack White's the gold standard. Well, it's well, interesting. Let's talk about who is in the garage. In that like that that scene, there's there's two in my opinion there are like the two scenes. There's the L.A. scene with Ty Siegel and mm-hmm. White Fence and uh, John Dwyer with the O.C.s and mm-hmm. those guys. Maybe Michael Cronin, even though he's more of a pop artist. Um, and then there's Nashville, and then there are these like there's like Jack White and like there's there's like and that Jack na- White. there's that Jack White and Jack White and Jack White and like like maybe like seven years ago like Dan Auerbach you know like there's like and like I I don't know there there are those in my opinion this is probably 
probably inaccurate. There's probably some other great garage rock being made other places, but those seem to be the hubs for me of this is, sound. Is Jeff the Brotherhood? Yeah, and Diary yeah, of Planet. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's Diary of Planet's more punk a little bit. But yeah, who know they don't think they know themselves. But Jeff the Brotherhood is like that garage rock. So like they that they're from Nashville. Like so there's like and there you can tell there's like a distinct sound but yeah. in each of them, but they're both under the umbrella of garage rock. Uh and Ty's Ty Siegel is very much. So so California what do you think are his peers at this point? In the world of garage rock or the world just, of indie rock? Yeah, just in the in the world of rock. That's interesting. Because I've always found if you have to over-categorize someone, they just generally aren't that good. You think so? Yeah. If you have to hag- hang that many identifying tags on one person, it, they seem like excuses to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like rather than just saying, hey, listen to this, and and you listen to it, yeah, it's absolutely. like, oh, that's awesome. It, it seems like with a lot of this stuff, you have to put it on and you, you have to say like, oh, well, it's garage, but it's West Coast garage, you know, as opposed to Memphis garage or Nashville garage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and it, a, a site that will go unnamed uh, has – a nice little similar artist map on it. Okay. Um, oh Jesus, man, that's like a that's like a fucking it's like a subway map. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Brian Jonestown Brian Jonestown Massacre, uh, Black Lips. I don't know about that. Jay Retard, maybe yeah. White Fences. You mentioned Fuzz Epsilon, Space Drum of Death, Michael Cronin, we <laughs> Fiddler. That's well, the Fiddler can is a whole other one. But uh, you I, fan of Fiddler or not? I'm a fan of listening, like getting really drunk with my friends and like, like banging my head to some Fiddler songs. I'm not oh. like I'm not a fan of like, like sitting down by myself and listening to Fiddler. Same same with the Fiddler category. <laughs> like I like I like I like I like getting really drunk with my friends and like blasting yeah. Japan droids and feeling like really amped. Yeah yeah yeah. But I don't I don't like uh, I don't I'm not gonna like look to Japan droids for artistic right. like you know right. meaning. Um, but then again, okay. So like, why do I have to? Let's be know? realistic yeah. about our expectations of what this music is, and that's that's why I think like when when someone there's never been you don't call you don't you don't say Mozart of garage rock about fucking anybody because those are two entirely separate things. Mm-hmm. It's a completely shitty tag to hang on someone. Well, to you, be fair, he didn't say it, but also to be fair, he also didn't disagree. No, I'm not saying <laughs> t- t- Ty Siegel did. I just yeah. said it that it does the it does the genre kind of a miss a disservice to 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 say it's the Mozart of anything. Well, that's the, the point. You like, know? Yeah. going back to the origins of this genre, the point of it was that it was the anti-Mozart. Exactly. It was it's, two dudes playing. It's a bunch of dudes in a, in a, in a room. Yeah, playing like piece of shit guitars and yeah. smashing shit. Yeah. Like, not maybe not smashing shit, but like, no, definitely smashing. Yeah. Smashing <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and like taking a taking a razor blade to that to that speaker cabinet. Yeah. You know, so trying to like appropriate or get into like. I don't know. The Mozart comparison is absurd. It's ridiculous. Do we yeah. do we want to hear like a bit of one more song? Do you want to hear feel? Or was there another thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I do have a problem with the the uh, falsetto when he goes falsetto. That doesn't feel very garage to me. That's that's the pop. Is this garage pop, uh, for you?
right, so two things. Mm-hmm. That guitar tone is fucking ripping. It's a great guitar tone. It is fucking ripping. It is. Second thing, he deserves a wedgie for singing like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the falsetto, fucking, man. Like the falsetto is not getting the job done. You don't. You don't. Like f- falsetto is like anti garage, you know. And again, I, I I imagine he's not he's he's not like wearing. He, I imagine he doesn't want to just dwell in garage land forever, you know. But uh, it just feels like that 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 falsetto does not fit in with the that that guitar tone and the way the drums are recorded and that that bass with the pick that in the background, you know. It but just it, it, and then he falsettos it and just and. Yeah, it just kills it for a me. A point here, this real quick, like this is to his merit and to his fault. Like Ty Siegel could have been, could be your friend from high school, mm-hmm. who you know you went to see his band a million fucking times, yeah, and you never really thought about it. And you're like, oh, it's fun, yeah, and he just made it big, you know. And that's, and well, that's what it up. feels like, yeah. But and I mean, like, I mean yeah. that's it's, that's it's, I mean, this is illustrating the the like blessing and the curses of, of rock and roll. Is like that guy is sitting like alone. In his basement, rocking the fuck out, right? And it's fucking awesome because he, in his mind, he's doing that in front of a stadium of people and stuff. But when you play back the tape, it's like it's like the scene in Freaks and Geeks. Like, yeah, and he walks downstairs, and his dad sees he, him he's playing Rush. Rush on it, yeah. and then it's just like, chomp, chomp, chomp. and it's not that like disorganized, but it is very much uh, still not. Garagey, like basement tapey, and like in need of development. Yeah, um, which is why I'm gonna go see him. I mean, I guess that's uh, the problem. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really make him very unique, does it? You know, if you know that that like if we if we walked six blocks that way, we could probably find somebody in the basement. You know, who's just as prolific as Ty Siegel. He's probably got you know just as many songs mm-hmm. on his little home recording device. And honestly, there probably isn't all that much of a difference between what Ty Siegel's doing and the guy six blocks away is doing. Well, there's yeah, there's luck with everything. With everything, I mean, that's it's just, the great magical crapshoot of the music business. Yeah, you just, just the mo- the the motto of the music business is you just never know. Well, yeah. could I mean, be anybody. That's, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what's so frustrating because like I want there to be like a great fucking rock and roll record. I want there to be something that isn't disposable. I want there to be something that I can like. Grab onto and be like, I'm gonna give this to my fucking kids, man. Right. <laughs> like, this is gonna be. I'm written. gonna have kids this just is, so I can give this to <laughs> them. This is gonna be required listening for but, my children. And right. Nowadays, you see people talk about something that just pops up over the surface of good, that as if it's that. Right. And I get excited. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I need it. And then I hear it. I'm like, God. Damn it! Yeah, you're again? just not. It's not it yet. It's Charlie Brown and the football, man. I don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's it, it's it for like you, Quinn. Well, or maybe not. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's it. Like I. I understand that sentiment of mm-hmm. like I may be 21, but I understand that sentiment of like the that the great rock record. Yeah, yeah. At least I hope I do. Um, from my father hopes I do too. But uh, I, I. I don't think it's like I don't think this is like a timeless record at all. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and like put this record on and right. enjoy it. You know, decent release. You know, you're saying it's a decent release. Yeah, I'm not. I'm it's not, not the be all. And I'm not gonna go out. I'm not guy, gonna go buy it on bad. vinyl. I'm not gonna go. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like give it to my kids. But I'm gonna listen to it from time to time until his next record comes out, and then 
You probably listen to that too. Well, let's go with that. So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to buy it? Are you going to pass it? Are you going to stream it? What are you going to... Yeah, I'll probably buy it. I'm going to buy it. Okay. Yeah. Adam? I'll stream it. It's, it's uh, you know, again, I don't find it offensive, but it, you know what it feels like? You know how when you go into, like, like if I were in Missouri or if I were in uh, Tennessee or if I were in um, Connecticut, if I stopped by, like, a roadside diner and got just the cheeseburger platter, I know mm-hmm. exactly what I'd get. Yeah. And not the greatest burger I've ever had in my life, but that's yeah. all right. It'll do. It's, it's okay. So, you know, yeah, that's what I think this album is. That's kind of what I think Ty Siegel is until he until he does something that changes my mind about him. I mean, he's just sort of uh, wandering around the same ground. It's been trod for 40 years and uh, he's not really bringing anything new to the table. It's not offensive, uh, but it's fine. Uh, so, you know, I'll stream it. All right. I'm on the fence of streamer pass. <laughs> Just say fuck it, stream it, dude. No, no, pass it. Pass it. No, no, I know no. you want well, no, to wanna pass it. I'm gonna pa- I am going to pass on everything he's done before this. Okay. I, I really actively, I actively dislike Slaughterhouse. Like, I, those, those records don't do anything for me. This has that one groovy song on it that I, I can't say that I won't listen to again. So, right. uh, you know, I got to stream it uh, until I'm I'm swayed one way or the other. I mean, I think it is a tipping point, I mean, and hopefully the show. Yeah, we'll go. That, and that'll be that'll be definitive. I it'll would like. like I will. I will. I will say that I would like to go. Like to, I'm going to go to the 9:30 we'll club show. Go. We'll go to the 9:30 club show, and I, I'm and you know I imagine he's great live because this is the kind of music that's like fucking. Awesome live, and yeah. in the nine nine thirty club, I bet it's going to be great. You know, I don't know that he's going to sell it out. You think he's going to sell it out? No. They're, so they're going to move the stage forward, so it'll be like nice and intimate. I don't stuff. think they'll move the stage forward, but I don't think he'll sell it out. I think it. I don't know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be. Look, what nine thirty is? What like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred capacity? Yeah. I bet there's eight hundred people there. All right, it's a lot of people. It's yeah, like that's, that's, not, that's not a shameful. If this was, if this was the black hat, it would sell out. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. It'll also be a better show. Most it, definitely. It also, yeah. Because Most a, the black hat. Gonna... This is like this is when I think of like black hat. I think of this sound. I'm like this right. is like right. this is their sound. They do it really well, and they don't. There's like no frills. And yeah, because, but the 930 club can do stage, any fucking sound they that want. Stage, That's true. That says you know? actually too. It's some. It's the height of the stage that has a big effect. DC nine. The stage is too low. Because then you're just like bros with the guys. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. Like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, hey, man. Yeah, you're making like making it's eye like, contact. Good with the on dude. that, like yeah. fist bump. Yeah, Black Cat or Nine Thirty Club is like these are stars, and it's amazing for that. Yeah, but, but Black Cat is just high enough. It's I not think too high. I'm willing it's to bet. Center, I'm yeah. willing to bet like that that maybe his management knew knew what the deal was because I imagine he would sound his the the sound system at the Nine Thirty Club would probably do his sound a lot more justice than the sound system at the well. Black and Cat. I think the uh, you know the bookers probably knew that this. They probably heard this album a while, you know, a while ago. And they probably knew what, like, not they, that this album. They read the hype. They read, you know, they read the hype. <laughs> they saw the they, NPR business. They saw the Mozart thing. They did the same thing with like, like War on Drugs. I think, like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. I know you guys love that album. I'm just saying that when when and, they when uh, he was both at 9:30, I'm sure he was like, not <laughs> War on Drugs is not really. A big <laughs> I see band. him getting ready to spring. Well, that's, my, no, no, that's no, what I'm saying. No, here's the thing. Yeah, you're 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 right and you're wrong. They're big now. They're big. Uh, for two fronts, because the album is good, but also, I have never seen it. So before uh, this album and before the press push, mm-hmm. so understand nothing happened between 
I, this event that I'm about to tell you about, and like this album, except that he made an album. Yeah. Um, we were uh, Andre and I went on a road trip. We saw them here, and then saw them in uh, Charlottesville, and then saw them down in North Carolina. Damn! Wow! You and it was <laughs> fucking amazing. Like at that point, they were playing the Jefferson Theater off of, on it was the Slave Ambient tour. Mm-hmm. That that was too big. Yeah, places in DC and uh, and here were, were just the right size. Um, a couldn't really get press in on this one, um, but leaving the Charlottesville show, we like rolled up to them and they're like r- just rolling out of a van at Bodo's. If you've been to Charlottesville, you know what that is. Yeah, and it's a bagel shop in, in Charlottesville, very famous one. And just rolling out of the van, just like didn't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> I mean, and then all of a sudden. They've very much like Future Islands. They've sold out every fucking thing. I'm, I'm super happy for them. Yeah. I, I, that album goes up and down in how I consider it throughout the year. Depends on my mood. Yeah, but you, they also put on that d- debacle of a marathon show at the 930 Club. Oh, you lasted, were there? No, but yeah. you told me about yeah, it. Yeah. It lasted nine and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. And that, at the end, everyone was like, just please, Jesus, stop. Just it stop. was <laughs> not. It was, I, I love parts of that, but it was I, not I know. appreciated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like too long. But it's like you leave them wanting more, fellas. Somebody, they forgot that particular so lesson, I guess. if Ty does that, I'm going to fight him. I'm just if Ty comes stage. in, if all right, yeah, if Ty Siegel comes into the nine thirty club, all my albums. I think his no. songs are too short for him to do that. You know, no, but yeah, but he's got, <laughs> dude, he's got three hundred eight, al- eight albums yeah. combined. Two yeah, hours yeah, but music. how many? Like, okay, look, if man, if he comes the- in, if he comes in, if he comes in and knocks out an hour and twenty minute set with like a few kind of clever, like two or three clever covers in the mix, then I'll, I'll probably be like not sold on him, but I'll probably like him a lot more. You know, but if he does like if again, you were saying towards the end of this album, you're like, Jesus, buddy, I get it. Yeah. You know, you could have cut four songs off this fucking thing. Right. So if he does the same thing at uh, the 930 Club, then people are going to be leaving, you know. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so that's about our podcast this week. Don't want to end the podcast without mentioning our friend uh, Sean Barna uh, released his first EP. Uh, today, so I recommend go out and uh, even if you, I hate to say this, even if you don't listen to it, buy it. Huzzah! Like it, it, it gets gets people numbers. Gets a, he put his heart and soul into this thing. Uh, you can listen to the podcast uh, where when he first got back, he was literally in, L- in D.C. back from L.A. for under twenty four hours when he sat down, did an interview here. Uh, there's a free show, free release show. It's a free release Saturday, show, yeah, yeah. On, on Saturday. So I mean, that's definitely going to be on the site. Um, I've had the songs for a while. I mean, it's just. It, it is a certain type of music. <laughs> like and you have to like that. Uh, he describes it as slutty folk. Uh, you know, it's just. I like uh, that definition instantly. He, he's he's an emotional guy. It's an emo- right. It's an emotional record. Is it the best record of all time? No, but uh, I know I am an Adoria. You know, all of us are like super proud of him uh, for just doing the work, making it happen. So fucking, that's out. And, um, Next week, I think we're going to do Ryan Adams and uh, Je- you guys know who Jesse Marchant is. Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been like uh, you. Put I, sent, that, I sent you that. Sent thing. the album in the drive, so I've been. Listening. Saw him open for uh, the Rosebuds and uh, was fairly stunned. Uh, much better than the Rosebud show, actually. Uh, yeah, you didn't brief us on that, man. The interview, the interview was just a debacle. Um, I, I'm actually going to put it out. So okay. I'll, I'll All talk right. about that. Okay. All right. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a clusterfuck. All right. But. Um, but it was good. Okay. Kelly, Kelly, Chris was great to talk to. Gotcha. Um, 
So yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for coming down. Thanks for having. Uh, we were talking yeah, about course. a week. Uh, we did. We still need to figure out the sign off. Something about a lawn, or uh, just Gus. I'm, I'm okay with. I'm okay with get the hell off our lawn. All right, get the hell off our lawn. <laughs> <laughs> no millennials allowed. <laughs> <All right. laughs>